everyone, and welcome to another amazing episode of Evil Men. You might have noticed that that intro was a little different than usual because I did it, James, instead of Chris. Well, everyone, that's because Chris had to be away this week. He uh, He's super busy and he had to miss an episode, but we think he'll be back next week. But that's no r- worry. That's right. Because, oh, Michael, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. We I feel like I'm such stepping on your toes. No, we have uh, such good chemistry. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. we've known each other like, for a long time and have perfect timing. I yeah. never just cut you off in the middle of what you're saying. It reminds me of uh, identical twins. Yes. Yeah. We have our own language and we respect each other's space. Yeah, yeah. First, first episode without Chris and we're already fucking up. Yeah, I miss him. And I'm going to say, you know, James, can I be blunt with you? Yes. As I just said, we've known each other for years, and uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like your little funny intro where you said the humorous, like, evil man, Mm -hmm. like a monster, it was good, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't hold a candle to what Chris does. Okay, yeah. Look, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm as good at Chris as it, I'm just saying I'm pretty good at it. I feel like the audience is mad at you now, and they're like, hey... Who's this man? This pretender to the throne. I think the audience Trying is to, mm, what? I think the audience is more like, who's this young kid who's like <laughs> coming up here out of nowhere and doing this great job? I'm interested. So it's oh. like when a um, when a scout sees like a young baseball player, exactly or a player, and uh, picks them out and makes them a star. You know, there's a famous thing in baseball where uh, yeah. there was this first baseman called Wally Pip, and he got injured, <laughs> and uh, so another player had to fill in for him. Want to know who that player was? Who? Lou Gehrig, <gasps> Hall of Famer. The disease man. Wally Pip did not play again. So wow. all I'm saying is watch out, Chris. Imagine getting eclipsed by a guy with a famous disease. Now, that would that really would be a, a bu- embarrassing. Bum me out. Now, we're not just alone, just Michael and James and no one else, are we, James? No. Uh, what I was going to say minutes ago <laughs> is that we're also joined today by... Ebony Rosen. Thanks for coming on, Ebony. Hi, guys. I just want to uh, congratulate you on a seamless start to the show so far. Thank I think you. it's going really good. I and, think, uh, yeah. yeah. No, no notes. I, I'm hearing and I'm feeling like it might be the best uh, and smoothest intro we've ever done. Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> like um, doing it slightly the same but different as usual and then commenting on that for a long time. I think that's a, that's a tight way to start. Absolutely. <laughs> now, uh, before we get into everything, let's pump Evany's tires a bit. Okay, pump them up. Evany is a hilarious comedian. You might know her from Picnic Face or her Crave TV show, New Eden. Uh, she's also written a book called What I Think Happened, and uh, you have a new show coming out that I'm sure you'll be able to announce at some time. Uh, so, big shot. We got a big shot in oh, here. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I feel intimidated just being in your presence, and those tires are so... You're pumped so you pumped them so much, James, I'm afraid they're going to blow! <laughs> they're going to explode! Um, uh, thanks, guys. Um, and I'm excited today. I feel like uh, my book is usually useless, but I feel like it might... It's 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 a it's a book about history of of humor essays and I feel like maybe for once that will be helpful today. Yes, that it I was be helpful that I did that to anyone, including me. <laughs> um, yeah, it was extremely helpful. I referenced it a lot. And actually, you know, if you like this podcast, you should check out what I think happened because it's kind of similar to Evil Men in that in that it's like a humorous summary of stuff. Yeah, very Wikipedia based. Now, Evany, in the past, you have said something that that. Um, 
I feel like I should bring up where in an Evil Men live recording we did in April, um, you described uh, James and I as being basically the same man and Chris being the one who offers a little bit of spice to the Evil Men trio. So, yes. And that you guys are kind of, yeah, the same, the same, 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 but different. We're, two, we're different sides of the same coin. I, I do think, not think we are the same. Well, I've got a bit more of a devilish sort of uh, take on life. Uh, <laughs> I'm up to mischief all the time. You're depressed. I would describe you guys as two uh, hilarious... <laughs> Fussy boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh. true. You know what? We're just fussy about slightly different things. Yeah, that's the thing. It's probably true. I would say, now, can we describe what each other thinks the other one is fussy about and see how, <laughs> uh, how much we hurt each other? Do you, uh, it, do you want to say it on the same time as the count of three? Well, Your number one fuss? Oh, of each other's fuss? Mike's fussiness. Well, wait, I don't know if I have anything loaded up here. Hold on, yeah, give, give us one, uh, okay. one second here. Let me think. Um, if I were James, what would I be fussy about? Okay. Okay. Ready? Um, wait a second. I need one more second. Now, talking at the same time, I'm just going to throw out no, there. It's bad. Not amazing it's bad in an audio, audio only yeah. medium. It's bad for audio only. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I'll I've got say, it. I mean, I'll say Mike's movies. Okay. James's food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I mean, I can't eat so much stuff. It sucks. If we went to movie and a dinner together, oh boy, that would be the that end would of our be friendship. A nightmare. Yeah. He- what a hellish little date. <laughs> oh, utter nightmare. Oh, <laughs> Ebony, what? Now, if this is too personal, you don't have to answer. But what would you say you're too fussy about? Oh, mm. that's a great question. Maybe yes. James, what am I too fussy about? Mm, you're not a fussy person per se. Uh, what are you fussy about? Oh, like um, you want to sit somewhere with a view. Yes. At okay. a restaurant. Oh, you'll, you'll no, like, no, no, no. That would drive me crazy. <laughs> Mike likes to s- <laughs> sit eating, staring at the wall, slurping yes. his food, eyes half closed. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like there's a way that I struggle with something that I would describe as airport energy and I have to really like tamp it down. But it's sort of like, I hate being in a lineup. I hate if it's organized lineup, fine. But that thing of like, people are kind of standing outside of a restaurant kind of waiting to talk to the hostess and is this organized and is it going to happen? And I can see there's a nice table for two with a view. And this kind of, I mean, this makes me sound like an asshole, but I feel like those moments where it's, I think ultimately I do love, I am fussy about a nice view Mm -hmm. when only when we're traveling or something, and I'm like, there's an ocean right there. Why are we looking at the wall like Mike, like freaks? Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's the nicest view that you've ever had while eating an, a nice meal? Well, actually, recently we were in Ireland, and there's a oh. lovely pub there called Arundel's, and you can just literally get a pint and just sit at a picnic table looking at the ocean, and it's the best. Oh, my God. Um, no need to be fussy. But I think my fussiness comes out when I just feel like there's kind of like a mob group energy and whoever's organizing that is inefficient and that right. makes me quite hysterical. Oh, that's true. At the airport, if if like the security line isn't done well, she's going to comment on it. I'm going to have a little something to say to no one but James. And that's, that's kind of his cross to bear, really. What I would do in that situation in the airport if there's an inefficient line... I would, uh, I would yell, I've got a bomb! Everyone get out of my way! So I can... Yeah, and then you and get to the front of the line. you're on a no-fly list. Yeah, <laughs> not a bad idea. Yeah. 
Uh, so before we started recording, um, we brought up uh, that uh, the Queen, uh, Nomo. Oh my God! This is our first episode Kingdom since Palace. we lost Ma'am. Yeah. Um, how you guys feeling? Check in time. Um, um, well, you know how I feel about the royals, and uh, <laughs> they. They're everything to me, and uh, <laughs> one thing Prince, uh, Prince Philip was your guy, right? Yeah. I was a Philip guy. I was crushed when he <laughs> did he blow his brains out. I forget how he died, but when he died, I was inconsolable for months. Yeah. Um, and one thing that struck me in the wall-to-wall coverage of of the death, the unexpected, untimely death of Her Majesty, um, everyone they talked to on the news w- was repeating the same phrase about her. They were like, "No matter what you thought." Of uh, the monarchy, she was everyone's grandmother. They kept saying she was everyone's grandmother, and I thought that was that didn't ring true for me because I was like, my grandmother was a de- depressed Slovak woman who <laughs> taught me to be afraid of dogs. <laughs> Very different from Her Majesty. Yeah, okay, covered in corgis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my Dog grandmother city also. Over there. My grandmother also. I'd like to point out, didn't spend like twelve million pounds defending her pedophile son. <laughs> didn't have that kind of money. <laughs> that, that was the issue <laughs> but I'm sure she would have if she had the she money would've. also she didn't have a just want to be very clear oh. did not have a pedophile son oh okay yeah, um, yeah so so queen is uh, she's gone she's gone she gone bye um, <laughs> bye it, bitch it's yeah it was shocking because it's like fuck man 96 what the hell man yeah. like it's it's weird, like it's jarring, you know, yeah. if someone yeah. passes away at that age. Yeah, you're like, she was just getting started, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it started in here. Apparently she had them play that at her deathbed, she requested, but she asked for the uncensored version, oh. and so the family were all dancing around her to Let's Get Our Word, and yeah. uh, what a scene. What Black a scene. Eyed Peas t- tries to claim they meant it in the not... In a uh, very insensitive way, but yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, right, Black Eyed Peas. Not buying it. You meant it in the insensitive way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, but the, the worst part about that, though, was that um, like they, they were going to put it on right as she died as kind of an exit, but then she kind of held on for a few more hours. So they actually played that song nonstop for two hours by her deathbed in Scotland. <laughs> outside of Balmoral Castle, you just yeah. heard in the distance, let's get it, our word over and over on a loop, <laughs> echoing. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, mean, I didn't know she died in Scotland. Yeah. yeah, I sort of assumed she'd die in I don't know Buckingham Palace. No, Windsor Castle. Anyone who's anyone, you gotta die in Scotland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't be a bitch. Die in Scotland. <laughs> so you, you two were in Ireland during the, all the the very sad, uh, you know, funeral uh, arrangements and the funeral itself and and her death. What was the reaction like in the Republic of Ireland to the loss of Her Majesty? Well, they were really sad, and you could see everyone was wearing black and black shawls, and, uh, you know, it totally wasn't uh, normal, jovial, everyday life. Yeah, they all all. kept saying, we should give our independence back. I I see now that that was a mistake. You know what was funny, though? At the car rental, though, in the airport in Ireland, the guy was British, who rented me the car. Uh-oh. And he did sort of say, like, because uh, I think we, we got a connection from England, and he was like, uh, oh, you were in England. Were you there for the Queen's funeral? <laughs> he said something like that, yeah. and I'm like, did you just say this just because we're obviously not Irish? Like, did, you must not, like... <laughs> why is he living there? Yeah, why are you living there? <laughs> 
Did like a red laser sight appear on his forehead <laughs> while he gave like he seemed empathetic yeah. about the queen? But it was a green laser sight. Yeah. Oh, I love that. In Ireland, we have green lasers. Green <laughs> 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 Oh boy. Uh, I will say as well. We were in Ireland there, and uh, you know the people are lovely, so great. Uh, we went in this pub and we met some people, and they could not believe. Ebony's hair. It was strange. (laughs) It was strange because Ebony, I mean, it's not the wildest hair. I love, it's great hair, but it's certainly, I don't know that I would stop you as a stranger in a bar and say, oh my God, I've never seen this kind of hair. I'm going to say this for the... For the deepest love and respect of the people that we met in this small town in rural Southern Ireland, it was the reaction to the hair. Uh, uh, it was the reaction of people who had never seen a Jew before. And there's just no <laughs> kind of other way to say that. <laughs> it wasn't offensive uh, per se. It was meant in kindness, but it was. That's just kind of. That's how I describe my hair, and that's kind of how I'd surprise describe their surprise at. at it's shape and curliness. Oh my god. Well, so you gave the people of, of this community a gift of their first Jew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did. Uh one one older man came up behind me and uh uh kind of unprompted kind of touched it and then smelled it and went, Oh wow. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, he wasn't he what? didn't seem like the coolest guy. He he no. to be fair. Joe Biden was in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. And now, he kissed me on the mouth and called me his granddaughter. But um, The weird thing is, because I'm I just like, your hair, because Irish women can have like wild, like you wouldn't I look thought. out of place uh, as one of the women in Riverdance with their wild hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yeah, I, th- I didn't think it would be that much of a shock. I think already I was wearing a bit of a, I didn't realize, kind of risque outfit. Uh, <laughs> I was wearing a lot of black at the time. I was, I was wearing, to their credit, kind of black boots, black jeans, black eyeliner, and an L7 t-shirt that said, smell the magic. So I think already people were like, what? Uh, and, you, but, and it was an image of, it sort of seems like a woman pushing another woman's head into her. I think it's a, she's forcing a man to go down on her, and it says "smell the magic." They would and do I that mean, in the crowd. They would the drummer would pick a guy to do that. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, I yeah. you were joking. Oh, and were you wearing your oh, gigantic Star of David earrings yes, as well? Yeah, so I was wearing my "smell the magic" T-shirt, my big Star of David earrings, uh, my payas, uh, my talit, uh one of those kind of square things you see the. Uh, rabbis wear on their arm, and I was violently davening. But um, and you, were, yeah. you were very vocally frustrated that the small pub didn't have latkes. Yeah, I was. De- I was demanding latkes and manischewitz. Can you turn the to- nanny on the TV? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just kind of, kind of demanding a swath of stereotypes while dressed as kind of a punk rock rabbi. So I guess I can understand why they were interested in me. But um, they were. Jesus, wow. Yeah, that's uh. That's Ireland, for you, <laughs> and that's Ireland. Um, but no, it was it was very. I did see. I, we were at a pub in one point um, in a small town called Duras. This is back to the Queen, but it was the oh. only. There was just the TV was on, and uh, there was uh, like coverage of the Queen's funeral on, and I was surprised. <laughs> and then I just saw like kind of like not even a bartender, just a guy that worked there, be like, "Fuck that!" And then he changed the <laughs> channel, and then all you could find was women's soccer, and he went, "All right." <laughs> and I really liked that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Didn't want either, but he preferred the women's football. Wow. Well, I'm I'm shocked that they actually I'm not shocked. 
in a small town in Ireland, they probably it's probably not very diverse. Uh, no, although there so. was a man there named Leo who had come from Brazil a couple years ago, and they <laughs> they kind of were implying to me that he was their last one, and then I was kind of the new one, um, and I was fine with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's that's that's uh, small towns for you. That's, that's small, small towns, towns for you. But we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. And we- Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say we did learn from all those um those 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 new Jew lovers that um <laughs> that they that they're all from that town where that guy um Ian Bailey who maybe killed that French woman in the eighties was from, and they all think he didn't do it. That's right. right. If you've seen the documentary West Cork on yeah. Netflix, <laughs> that's where we were because right you were doing there. some investigative work yep. yourself. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm a kind of you know a side in our, yeah in our <laughs> spare time we try to solve murders and. Uh, but maybe yeah, the locals there, they don't think he did it, at least according to our yeah. one night. Maybe there'll be a second, like the, a sequel to that series, a mm. new Netflix mystery about things happening in this area of Ireland. It's like, the mystery, did did a Jewish woman actually come and visit us here? <laughs> or was this just a figment of our imaginations? <laughs> well, it's a, a lot of the problem with that is that the French uh, legal system's different. So that's, how, right. that's why they're having a hard time deciding if I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the French legal system didn't come off looking good, nor did the Irish police uh, force uh, come off looking good the in Gardies, that documentary. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what they all said. They said, Listen, I think he's an asshole. I don't think he did it, but the Guardies fucked up. And that <laughs> well, that is of, what they said. Yeah, that yeah. is what they said. Typical Guardies. Typical Guardies. <laughs> and uh, so, Mike, we, we went to Ireland. Now, you went to another place where they talk like ah I we went to Scotland <laughs> yes I did to James. die <laughs> I went to die I was just scoping out some p- potential places to die nice um, I have a few things up my sleeve uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll make some announcements later uh, yeah I went to Edinburgh, Scotland, uh, for a very brief time in August um, to check out the Fringe, and I even did a couple of shows. Nice. Did they get your Canadian humor and look? Did they ever? The crowds, night after night, carried me around on their shoulders (laughs) and said, you are the new king of laughter and jokes. Um, I only did two shows because I was there very briefly, but uh, they they went well, and uh, I saw, I think... 12 shows in four days Oof. Um, and it was very fun and there was a garbage strike so it was a, this beautiful oh, beautiful city surrounded by beautiful hills and all the, uh, the the castle on the hill and all the amazing architecture but the streets were just full of trash and it smelled awful and it was very hot but it was very fun well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, great. Oh, the hot, stinky hub of comedy in Scottish <laughs> culture. Beautiful. Imagine train spotting, but it's even better because there's garbage everywhere. <laughs> and heroin. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Now, Mike, I, I don't I don't think you've talked about this on the podcast yet. Would you um <laughs> would you please tell the audience about the uh show at the Edinburgh Fringe that you sent me a poster of? Because that's All my right. most favorite uh concept for a show I've ever heard. Yeah, Evany, I was sending you uh, minute by minute um, reports on uh, the, a certain um, pair of shows that I, I noticed. So the whole city is plastered with posters and people are flyering because of the fringe. Um, and I noticed that there was a poster for a new play called What the Heart Wants. That is, an, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a two-hander. And it's uh, an imagined conversation between Woody Allen and Frank Sinatra in 1992 after Mia Farrow made the allegations that Woody Allen abused their daughter. So it's an imaginary conversation, uh, and it's a 
British actor playing uh, Frank Sinatra and also a British actor playing Woody Allen, <laughs> which I didn't get to check it out, but I would love to hear those accents. <laughs> Wow, what a what a th- what a uh, interesting topic to think I'd love to make a play about that. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's it's Woody Allen's on everyone's mind right now. <laughs> Why not do a show? And That's Frank what Sinatra the heart is wants. too, honestly. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and it says that Frank's. It's like uh, the year is nineteen ninety two. Mia Farrow has accused Woody Allen of child abuse, and Frank Sinatra goes to visit him, and he brings a baseball bat. So I guess it starts off very. Um, Hey, you stay away. What did you do to my uh, daughter or whatever? Hey, what did you do to my daughter? I'm from <laughs> New Yorker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the cherry on top of this story is that the actor in the play, What the Heart Wants, also had another show at the Edinburgh Fringe where he also played Woody Allen. What? So he had two shows in the year 2022 where he played Woody Allen, and this one was him just... Uh, performing Woody Allen's classic 1960s stand-up comedy on stage. That's bullshit. <laughs> so he did two shows. Do a show where you do somebody else's comedy. And the Woody Allen stand-up show was every morning at 10.30 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst. Well, yeah, uh, he I was... wonder if he'd ever met a Jew before. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's bonkers on so many levels. Because he didn't have to do any shows as Woody Allen. No, I think I think he could have kind of gone Much to the fringe too. without referencing yeah. a famously accused pedophile Woody Allen. I think he could have just just not included yeah, that. He could have been the better man. It <laughs> must it better be a really good impression. <laughs> because he is really tying his cart to that. But here's the problem, and I'm saying this as a Jewish person who doesn't already have a Jewish accent. You can't do a Woody Allen impression without sounding like an anti-Semite. <laughs> it's not possible. That's kind of, like as as soon as you start start to sort of uh, 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 kind of get to you know it's bad. It's it's getting into a Jewy space that isn't good. Don't do it. And that wasn't even good what I did because also for other reasons I don't want to impersonate Woody Allen because he's a problematic person. <laughs> well, but yeah. yeah, I didn't see the show, so I'm not sure that he didn't do Woody I Allen's classic stand up in a Cockney accent, <laughs> which would be amazing. Here's <laughs> oh. a problem with Jewish summer camps. I can't skills. Yeah, um. <laughs> two Jewish people with a moose on their car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Woody! Oh, well, Woody, Woody. Well, uh, not Woody from um, Toy Story either. Yeah, oh, or Cheers. Well said. Well or said. Cheers. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wonder yeah. how much, how many more Woodies we can think of together. Woody Herman, the jazz musician. <laughs> Attaboy. boy. Um, Woody Williams, Toronto Blue Jays pitcher, later with the St. Louis Cardinals as well. So wow. there's a whole world of Woody, uh, Woodies <laughs> out there. Imagine a uh, sitcom. I'm thinking like an Amazon or Netflix show where it's Woody Harrelson, Woody Allen, Woody Herman, Woody Woody Williams, Woody Williams, and they're all living together in a house. Oh, Mike. With a toy of don't, Woody. Don't give yeah, kind of an elf on a away. shelf situation. Uh, yes, and when they're asleep at night, Woody, the toy comes to life and he... Mike, you're out of your mind giving these ideas away. Well, Just pitch it. Pitch it. Okay, okay. Pitch it. Beep, beep. <laughs> Before we get to our evil man this week, oh, we should mention a special announcement. <laughs> Thank you for playing that, Mike. Our special announcement is we're doing another live show. Uh, October 28th, 2022, 
at 9 p.m., you can see Evil Men Live, a Halloween Frightmare. <laughs> you can see that at... It sounds like you're just learning this information for the first time right now. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, and you can see it at Comedy Bar, 945 Bloor Street West, comedybar.ca to buy tickets. Yes. And uh, our first live show, I mean, I don't want to toot our horn, but it was awesome. It was a great night. It was a sold out crowd. Everyone mm-hmm. had a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, and for this upcoming show on October 28th, we're also going to have special guests, which we will announce soon. So stay tuned. We're going to have um, all sorts of scary surprises and funny notions as well. And there'll be a general Halloween theme. Well, well said, Mike. And Thank also, you. great job on the the poster I'm looking at right here. It really yeah. looks like... It doesn't at all look like a child made it or anything like no, that. No, so no, no. Well it, it was a fully grown man. Uh, and I created it myself. I, well I spent done. weeks... You, should, you know, you might want to get into de- some kind of design uh, program because this yeah. is... Jesus. Man. I've applied to really good. Har- Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see... Well, two, three fonts. Three uh, fonts, several. Yeah. Really Uh, good. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Evil Men Live, October 28th, 9 p.m. Come if you're in Toronto. You'll have a great time. Yeah. And we'd love to meet you. We'd love to meet you. I think it's a bar. We can talk after. Yeah. We can have a nice, um, uh, maybe a margarita after the show. Or a glass of port. Glass of port. Yeah. Uh, We should also mention if you like the podcast, why don't you zip on over to patreon.com slash evilmen. Yes, that's our Patreon account, everyone. And you can sign up and for a small little, small amount of money a month. Uh, a pittance. Yep. You get two bonus episodes a month. You get access to our Discord. We're chatting it up in there. Um, we're going to have a bonus episode with some more stuff with Ebony, if you yep. like this conversation. I'll be doing a... Uh Video tutorial only for Patreons where I teach you how to do graphic design. You know what? Yeah, you should. Yeah, we should do that. Um, lots of stuff in there. Check it out patreon.com. Evil men. And last thing, the last thing we wanted to mention is that our amigo Chris Locke, uh, he's not here, but we're still representing him. And Chris has a stand up special coming out on Crave which is like the Canadian Netflix. In Canada, we do things a little bit differently. <laughs> and it's called Captain Bones, and it's out September 30th. And Chris is a, a master of stand-up, so if you, if you like him, check it out. And now we've got that unpleasant business out of the way. Ebony, my, I, I seem to... Uh, I'm looking at you now, and I'm wondering... <laughs> I can see that. Because you're, <laughs> you're our guest, and guests get to choose... They're evil man when they come on the show. And I have to ask you, who did you choose for this week's evil man? Well, I have chosen a man that I would say is not going to rate the highest on the evilometer necessarily, but he's not great. Uh, but he was great uh, according to his country and uh, great in size by the end of his life. And that man <laughs> is uh, King Henry VIII. Oh! <gasps> <gasps> I thought you were going to say, um, when you, the way you were describing him, I thought you were going to say Orson Welles. Mm, or Dom DeLuise. <laughs> Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we A could just list fat, famously fat men forever. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, and, 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 I, and, and, and 
there's no fat phobia here on Evil Man, okay? I only mention no. his size because um, the way he achieved it is kind of uh, horrendous. So, right. Okay. Yeah. And I would just like to say, on behalf of myself and James and the listeners, thank you for ch- um, choosing a former royal as yes. your subject this week because it's, in a way, you're honoring the memory of the late... Queen Elizabeth II, who we lost unexpectedly recently, and it's very sad. Yes, we all couldn't. When she died at 96, gently in her bed, surrounded by her family, I thought, oh, I'm shocked. And I need to find a way to honor this by kind of going back uh, into just the eons of uh, inbreeding and uh, kind of bad choices in colonialism that led to that historic moment. Is Henry VIII her like great, great, great grandson? Or I think somewhere in there, the, 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 he's a tutor, and then the Habsburgs came in for a while, and then the Windsors. So I think technically no, but also probably yes. Okay. Because they're not spreading around, you know what I mean? Yeah. Royalty is more of a vibe than a thing you carry around in your blood. Yeah. Hey, it's an attitude, man. It's a man. state of mind. Yeah. Uh, well, I did the research on this, and uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you, heavily lifted from your book, Ebony. Thank <gasps> you. Heavily. <laughs> Which so. was heavily lifted from Wikipedia. Okay. So, so I think it's full hand. circle. Yeah. Uh, nice. So definitely check recycling. out Recycling. Idea book. recycling. Where idea, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here's a little overview. Henry VIII was the king of England from 1509 <laughs> until his death. In 1547. It's so sad when a monarch dies. I just can't yeah. say that enough. Yep. Yeah. Henry is best known for his six marriages, for breaking uh, England from the Catholic Church, and for being gross. I added that yeah. one. He's, six marriages, that's almost like he's like a Larry uh, King, King type of guy. He is. And he, he wore also, those suspenders. That's why Larry, Larry He also King wore the suspenders. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he was a great interviewer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was. Of, of wives. Pro- yeah. Of wives, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, Larry Larry yeah. King and uh, K- Henry VIII have a lot in common. We're going <laughs> to yeah. find Those out. Those big glasses they Both would got wear. got started in overnight radio in Miami as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before he'd, he'd yeah. behead each of his wives, he'd kind of sit down for them with, with them for an hour and really find out what makes them tick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Henry, young Henry... He was born uh, in 1491 in Greenwich, Kent. Okay. Uh, he, uh, now, as Evany said, he's a Tudor. So he was born as Henry Tudor. Uh, he was the second son of Henry VII and Elizabeth of York. Yes. Well, and quick aside here, if anyone cares, and no one will when I say this, but um, part of the reason the Tudors were a big deal and everyone was kind of excited, I think why he got away with a lot that he did that we will find out about because he got away with a lot of bullshit, mostly motivated by his... Big, hard, and later flaccid dick. Uh, <laughs> liter- very literally. Uh, but um, uh, really just like fucking up the whole of England because he's so horny. But part of the reason he got away with this hmm. is this was a time of like everyone was really psyched because there had been a civil war in England and there was the Yorks and another family uh, and, and they were it was a rose and something else and that's kind of what the Game of Thrones thing was based on. Like the... Ah. Lannisters and the Starks uh, and then it was his dad Henry the Seventh, who kind of combined them to make like okay there was like the York something and the Tudor Rose and it kind of became this one unified thing by marrying one of the Yorks ah. so they were kind of in a zone of being like no more fighting let's see what our oh, is that so the, the War of the Roses the or? War of the Roses yeah, yeah. so okay. the marriage ended the sort of rivalry between the families the rivalry between the families and all this civil unrest and all this fighting and all, all these right. like peasants having to go to war so they just kind of got to sit back and find out what religion they 
they were now because Henry was so horny. And I think that's why they all went along with it. So that's like <laughs> Cersei marrying Robert Baratheon. Basically. So Pr- Henry VIII is like King, uh, Prince Joffrey. Honestly, kind of, yes. <laughs> and who who would be Bilbo Baggins in this oh, uh, my analogy? My love of God. Answer the question. <laughs> Smaug over here. Okay, carry on. Uh, So little Henry, uh, little H, he had seven siblings, but only three survived infancy. Oh, damn. Uh, Henry was, oh, he was a very accomplished toddler. He was appointed the Earl Marshal of England and the Lord Lieutenant of Ireland at age three. Wait, he was the Lord Marshal of Ireland at age three? Yeah, can you believe it? That's like... Imagine being a grown Irishman having to bow and curtsy to this this. Three-year-old boy. <laughs> oh, I know. And then you think, like, God, at three, I i mean, I had barely done anything close to that. So. Yeah. Uh, soon after, he became the Duke of York. Yeah. As well. The grand old Duke of York. Everyone's favorite Duke. Yeah. Um, so we don't know a lot about his youth, from what I read. Private guy? Yeah, he was a private kid. <laughs> but we do know that he wasn't expected to become king. Okay. You know, because he had an older brother. Uh, but in 1502... His older brother, Arthur, died at the age of 15, possibly of sweating sickness. Yeah, that's what they called it. <laughs> the hell is that? <laughs> I, think, I think they meant a fever, but they, they called it sweating sickness. Sweating sickness. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, cards on the table. When it's a hot day, uh, right. sometimes I think I have sweating sickness. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, don't, don't die. Yeah. Don't die. Well, hydrate. But they would kind of hydrate with ale back then because it was cleaner than the right. water, and I think that may have contributed to the sweating sickness. Imagine mm. if a prince these days was in the news for dying of sweating sickness. Because there's a prince, Prince Andrew, famously claims he can't sweat. Oh, that's right. So he couldn't die of sweating sickness, that's, unless he's lying. I did not know that about him, and that really tracks with everything else I know about him. You I know what? Our, our Prince Andrew <laughs> episode, the Prince Andrew episode was a really good one. What a little creep. Um... So now the path's open for for Henry VIII. Well, he's not Henry VIII yet. For Henry, because his brother died. So he's going, oh, baby. So in 1509, uh, (laughs) Henry VII died. His father. Yep. Yep. Damn it. And this means his 17-year-old son, our boy, Henry, he's taken over. So he became king at 17. That's right. I had no idea. Yeah. Because his brother died of sweating sickness. (laughs) Um, That's got to be... Create conflicting emotions in a young teen, right? Because um, yeah, he lo- he loses his a brother to sweating sickness, which no one should suffer. <laughs> then he loses his father. You know, he's but surrounded by. Well, but guess what he's about to do? Because let's just say sweating sickness Arthur left behind a hot older Spanish Catholic woman, and keep talking, everybody. <laughs> yes, uh, ooh, I feel like we're listening to Sex with Sue on Q one oh seven. That's right, um, Arthur. Had a w- wife he married at eleven. Yep. Called Catherine of Aragon. Ah. Yeah. And she was older, huh? She was older. She was Spanish. She was Catholic, and she was <laughs> recently widowed. So, how do you Ooh. grieve your 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 father and your sweaty little brother? Now, Mike, I got to put the spotlight on you here. Okay, Would I you knew this was coming. Marry your widowed brother's wife. I mean, or how, how would I put that? Your brother's widow. Your brother's mi- your widow. sweaty brother's widow. Would you marry your her? sweaty teen brother's widow. I mean, putting myself... To Michael Balazzo today, 2022, probably not. Yeah. But putting myself in back in, into the days of yore, absolutely. <laughs> there's no... You know the old saying? There's no better way... The only way to get over losing a brother of sweating sickness is to, is to get under someone. <laughs> That's such a good Ideally, point. Ideally, his wife. <laughs> yes. Yeah, his older wife. And she was... 
the daughter of Isabel and Ferdinand of Spain? I believe so. Castile? Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So that's a real, and that's a real thing. Famously, also inbred line of people. So we're really we're getting some kissing cousins together. The Habsburgs famously have those the the hair lip or like the yeah uh, cleft palate or what is, what, is it, what is it the protruding chin thing? Oh right, and some were so big and fucked up that they couldn't speak right or something. Yeah, right? but that's worth mentioning about Henry because it's like you're like oh he didn't expect to become king, so who knows what he was up to? But the thing was, <laughs> Henry famously when he was young was a hunk. Really? He was like six one. He had like mm. like tall, and he's because he wasn't being trained for the throne. They didn't have to protect him as much, like so that he wasn't like a weak little right. royal boy. He she was, was allowed like, to run wild, he was out hunting and getting fresh air. So he damn, was just, I'm getting like, turned on just listening. Right? To this he was shit. just like red-headed, barrel-chested, like mm. fucking hunk. Can I just point out though that? Being six one doesn't mean you're automatically sexy. Sorry, I forgot I was talking to the fussy. Boys. Yes, it does, Mike. <laughs> Welcome to the real world, bro. Um, but he was Grow a, up, Mike. I had literally. no idea, though. That's actually really interesting. Yeah. He was the Pete Davidson of his day. Yeah. <laughs> Big, uh, you know what, energy. I didn't know Henry VIII was a hot young guy. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, big... Big, I'm going to famously say dick, energy. Um, I know you say you know what because you're fussy. Um, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, he, he was like, he brought some swagger to the party that I think uh, is is why I kind of mentioned his um, kind of size energy later because he <laughs> would just famously just uh, expand the other way and get like just riddled with gout and he just like consumed and consumed and consumed until he died at 57. Damn, Ooh. man. So he's so just as we're going through the wives, just understand that he starts as a hunk and becomes right. progressively more disgusting physically <laughs> as the story goes oh, on, I'm... and his wives stay the same age. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the vibe here. I love it. It sounds great. <laughs> um, okay, so Henry's the king now. He's seventeen. He's hot apparently, <laughs> and he's the goddamn king. Um, he uh, arrests a couple of his father's two most unpopular ministers and kills them. But good. Yeah. Well, because he learned that from dad, because after that kind of Civil War thing, Henry VII kind of came in and cleaned house. So the thing he learned from dad was like, if you don't like it, cut its head off. King Charles just executed some of his mother's uh, (laughs) uh, staff. He's cleaning house. Four corgis. corgis uh, (laughs) Charles had the corgis shot at dawn uh, by a a squad or whatever. Um, So this was kind of a pattern for Henry, just killing people in his way, as we'll see later in life. This was his emo. Reminds me of Don Corleone. Oh, wow, Mike. How have you not broken that up before? (laughs) I was saving it. Really good impression. Special occasion. We're saving it for the Henry VIII episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I hope you keep using it for the whole episode. Yeah, you should. We'll see. There's some popes coming up. I think they could really fit this impression. So when you're the king, obviously very important to get married, have an heir, all that bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, he's he's uh, he's with Catherine, and they go, "Well, let's have sex and try to <laughs> make an heir." Mm-hmm. Um, they did conceive a baby, but it was stillborn. Um, soon after, they did have a son, which is the big deal. You want to have a son? Hey, congrats, Henry! But he died soon after birth. Mm. Shoot. Uh, and then they finally do have a baby, which eased things a bit, but it was a girl, Mary. Sounds like he's shooting weird jizz out of that <laughs> yeah. big dick oh, yeah. of his. Apparently he was. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> yeah. 
It was uh, it was weird. Um, so um, he's they've got Mary, yeah. Henry, and Catherine. Um, and apparently, I read. I don't know if you remember this, Ebony. I read that their relationship was weirdly sort of okay. Yeah, I think it w- it started out kind of okay, despite these sweaty circumstances, <laughs> the sweaty widowed circumstances of, it be- of its beginning. But um, I think in that count, you miss like three stillborn kids in the I middle did, of that. I did see so he's just like she's literally having stillborns, and he's giving her like maybe two weeks, and then being like, "All oh, right, well, back at it." So right. her, she's just like devastated all the time, and her vagina is a mess. Uh, and then mm. finally, after um, one dead son dead a uh, couple weeks after childbirth and i believe six stillborn kids she finally gives birth to a girl and he's like Ugh. And I, I did think that's there were the so many I did, I did just skip them yeah. you're right so it's exhausting <laughs> it's exhausting for them she um, tired right now uh little aside before we get back to the sex life um, it's uh, worth mentioning, which you pointed out in your book, Ebony, that um, at this time, Henry was really into being Catholic, much like you, Michael. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, so much so that he was named Defender of the Faith by Pope Leo. And as you pointed out in your book, Ebony, this comes into play later. It's a bit ironic that he was very Catholic at this time. Um, so he's a Catholic guy, uh, good-looking, great big dick, <laughs> having some trouble uh, producing an heir. Exactly. Yeah. And We've the Pope loves what he's up to. <laughs> and yeah, and the Pope has no issues so far. No <laughs> notes from the Pope. So we fast forward to 1527. And mm. um, frankly, Henry's basically given up trying to have a baby with Catherine. <sighs> Don't blame him. Yeah, it's tough. In vitro, is you know, all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so instead, he starts uh, having an affair with Catherine's lady-in-waiting. A certain Mary Boleyn. Now, Ebony, what is a lady in waiting? So, a lady in waiting is like a weird, like it's like a fake servant that's also like an official lady. Because, like, if you're a queen, you have like actual servants that like wipe your ass and clean your teeth and put on your makeup and do all that stuff for you. But then you have these ladies in waiting who are it's like quite a high position at the court. So it's like. There's like these broads around you all the time and you kind of choose them and they're very strategically chosen. Sometimes they'll come from another court and they're whole it's like it's fully like a hype crew. Like it's like a hi- <laughs> like it's like a classic kind of like old school hip hop crew basically wow. that just like hang out with the queen they're with her all the time they follow her around they bring her all the gossip and they're you're just like in the inner circle are they like hired friends kind of or like they're, they're almost exactly like hired friends yes <laughs> like entourage <laughs> like entourage yeah that's hmm, the vibe. now i get it it's like literally the queen's entourage interesting okay um and henry as we will learn has a crazy, uh, he's like real horny for one of the entourage always. And what we'll also <laughs> learn is they're almost all named either Catherine or Anne. So he's kind of, he's, he's, he's married a to a Catherine. <laughs> he's looking for someone in the entourage named Anne. Uh, uh, okay. Or he's married to an Anne. He's looking for someone in the entourage named Catherine. And this is kind of his move. Got to change it up. Uh, well, so he's, he's uh, having this affair with Mary Boleyn. But? <laughs> but he starts going, you know... Mary's all right, but I kind of like Mary's 25-year-old sister, Anne. Named Anne. Anne, there you <laughs> oh, go. Okay. Uh, you know what? Right now, Henry VIII is reminding me of that member of the Try Guys. <laughs> <laughs> because, seriously. Yeah. There's at work, yeah. Hmm. Now, does Leo know about this? Does Leo know about all this cheating and effing? I don't think so. 
And by the way, Leo reminds me of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Did the Pope Leo also um, only date eighteen-year-old uh, girls? Yeah, the Pope oh, was in the good. Pussy Bossy at the time. <laughs> when I hear Leo, hey, I, Pussy Bossy guy. <laughs> when I hear Leo, I think of Uncle Leo from Seinfeld. Yes. Mm. It's too that bad. Henry was also in the Pussy Posse. People don't know that. <laughs> they little talked about member of the Pussy Posse. Oh, well, the girls didn't like him, but he was in it. <laughs> he tried. Leo, he tried. you ruined our night. <laughs> oh, Leo. Guys, meeting time. I kind of feel like we should kick out Uncle Leo. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. Um, Henry VIII, he's into Anne. He Sorry, wants... do you think they made Toby Maguire do it when they had that conversation? <laughs> yeah. Beep, beep. <laughs> Beep, beep. <laughs> so um, Henry's putting the moves on Anne Boleyn, mm. but she says, look, I'm not going to become your mistress. I'm a- I will only bed you if I'm your wife. Damn. Big move. Mm-hmm. Big move. Girl boss. Girl, hashtag girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she was. I mean, she seems to me. Um, yeah, she literally said to Henry, like, have you heard the expression, why buy the cow if you get the milk for free? Like, she wanted to mm. get married. Uh, she said to him, she looked him in the eyes and said, if you like it so much, put a ring on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> All while her sister just stood in the room and watched. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Henry was like, okay, okay. Uh, Catherine isn't going to get me a male heir, and I want to get with Anne. So I'm going to have to annul my marriage to Catherine to get with this babe. Uh, and I'll read this part uh, direct, directly from what I think happened, unless you want to read it, Ebony. Uh, I mean, I can, but you can feel free. I'll read it. Uh, so uh, this part uh, is directly from Ebony's book, What I Think Happened. Quote, He even goes so far as to try to convince the Pope that the, the marriage to Catherine, which he had to petition the Pope for in the first place, since she was his brother's widow, right. should never have legitimized sorry should never have been legitimized in the first place since she was his brother's <laughs> widow <laughs> so, like it's so in circles the pope hates this logic and fearful of the protestant reformation already taking hold in europe refuses um i read that directly because i thought well p- well nice way to summarize a very complicated so he thing. he got on his knees and was like pope you gotta let me marry my dead brother who died of sweating sicknesses widow and the pope was like it's weird but uh, finally okay yeah. and then when henry wants a divorce he he tells the pope that he should never have granted the wedding at all yeah like because okay. his dead brother this widow, didn't yeah. count she yeah. was my brother's widow yeah. you're sick pope for allowing yeah, this to like, happen this is actually That's weird for really you really fucked up pope yeah Ugh. pope i think you're crazy i think again if you kind of imagine him as this like Kind of Robert Baratheon style, like <laughs> barrel chested, like hunting horns, kind of riding around being like, Pope, come on. Like, you yeah. But you know, like he's, <laughs> there's a way that you can kind of imagine his energy as that <laughs> and kind of thinking. And I think uh, uh, apparently because uh, like, OK, no, I'm getting never mind. I'll, I'll, I won't say this part. It's okay. too boring. <laughs> no. Say it, Evan. You say it. 
Well, t- there's a whole thing with Thomas More, and he cut his head off, and that's a whole separate thing. But there's a way that Thomas More was very eloquent, and that's why, um, you know, Henry was always getting him on side before he decided to kill Thomas More for also disagreeing about starting the new church. But there's a way that Thomas More kind of depicted him as like thinking he was like a really good speaker and cool guy, and he's like really charming. But you can really <laughs> imagine him as someone who says something with a lot of conviction, but then he finishes <laughs> it, and you're like, that didn't make sense though, what you said. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay. Cut that part out. That was boring. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Henry decides to assemble a crack team assigned with making a case for this um, annulment. Leonardo, Donatello, yeah, yeah. or the A team. Give us the team. You know? Yeah. Um, so Henry creates this kind of ecclesiastical court and stacks it with guys who will help him. Uh, most notably, he installed two Protestant reformers. Uh, a guy named Tom, a guy named Thomas Cranmer, uh, and uh, who was the Archbishop of Canterbury, and Thomas Cromwell, Cromwell, who was the Chief Minister of State. Couple of little Toms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Catherine gets exiled. Be gone, woman. Really, he, uh, just ending the marriage wasn't enough. He kicked her out of the damn country. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Uh, and Anne moved into her rooms. And she and Henry get married in secret. How about that? So, Henry uh, Henry's team comes up with a strategy, finally. <laughs> how we're, how we're going to make this annulment happen. Right. Um, using the argument that God himself ordains a monarch's reign. Therefore, the king is subject to no earthly authority, including the papacy. So, basically, you know, it, it seems ridiculous that they need to come up with some little logic Thing to, to make this happen, but Cranmer went ahead and annulled the marriage to Catherine and said the marriage to Anne is totally valid. I guess if you believe in monarchy at the time as ruling by divine right, mm. it would mean you, you have a direct line to God, you wouldn't need the Pope? I mean, it's all it's all insane, but... I know what you mean. It reminds me of uh, when uh, in Seinfeld where uh, George came up with the idea of how to get Jerry to date his uh, girlfriend's roommate. You know, remember that? And his idea was to, for Jerry to suggest a menage a trois. Um, Do you think there's so much Seinfeld content coming up on this episode because we talked about Jew stuff earlier because of what Henry VIII's like? Uh, great question. I'll do some uh, personal uh, reflection to understand why. No, I like it. <laughs> I think it's the perfect thing. You know, when I hear Leo, I think Uncle Leo. Yeah. And now yeah, I'm just rolling with it. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most popular characters in television oh, yes. history. Well, he didn't they almost spin off his fucking bullshit. They almost called um Frazier. the pilot of seinfeld actually wasn't called pilot it was called <laughs> the, the uncle leo show yeah. and it was about uncle leo and there was a, a one scene at the end yeah. where his <laughs> nephew showed up and he was so popular with t- the test audience that they were like let's make the whole show about him yeah. jerry seinfeld yeah yeah it was going to be called uncle the uncle leo show then then it, they were considering <laughs> uncle leo's nephew and his friends <laughs> And then they just went, oh, whatever, go with Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Leo's nephew and his friends didn't have the ring, the yeah. right ring to yeah. it. You yeah. Know? Well, but, you know, back then it was network TV. Yeah. You had to be more broad. Absolutely. So Anne is queen. Anne Boleyn, your queen. Hmm. Where have I heard that name before? Oh. History. Oh. <laughs> wow. Um. And this is really mean. Remember that uh, Henry VIII had a daughter with Catherine called Mary? Yeah. Well, he said, uh, sorry, my daughter, you're illegitimate. 
now and no longer in line for succession. Get lost. Oh, because the marriage was yeah. annulled? Yeah. Isn't that okay. mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Different strokes. Um, so uh, now Anne and Henry try to have a boy heir. Uh, they do have a baby, but it was a freaking girl. And they named this girl Elizabeth. Yeah. Sounds like we're Henry. Gonna, we're gonna hear about her later, FYI. <laughs> mm. Sounds like Henry loves to have girls he and loves, dead boys. He hates it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so as a result of this whole annulment thing, um, in 1534, Henry got excommunicated from the Catholic Church, and by Uncle Leo. By Uncle Leo, <laughs> and uh, essentially created his own Christian sect that he was the supreme ruler of called the Church of England. Yeah. Anglican Church that the Queen and now the King Charles is the head of, right? Really? Yeah. All from this. Yeah. The reason they're the head That's of the so church, funny. all that shit's from this. And the reason it's so funny that he was like so into being Catholic and like the, like slowly <laughs> Anglicanism has become different than Catholicism. <laughs> but originally when he made it, it was all the same. Th- like it was like all the comforting things he was using from <laughs> church, but different now because he's in charge. But it was like, it was like identical to Catholicism at the <laughs> just time. Horny Catholicism. It was just <laughs> horny Catholicism. It was just Catholicism where yeah. he personally and specifically yeah, could get divorced. Horny for one guy. <laughs> yeah. Catholicism. But it's weird because in my mind, like Catholicism is way hornier than Protestantism. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Montreal yeah. versus Toronto. Yeah. One's a Catholic city, sort of historically. One's London, Paris. Arrest yeah. my case. So what the hell's going on? There was a switch. The old switcheroo happened at some mm. point. The old switcheroo happened. Yeah. I, honestly, when they like after his son's gonna let priests fuck, and that kind of ruins <laughs> it. Honestly, and it gets less horny after yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is wild, though, that you think of all the differences in in. You know, Catholicism and, uh, you know, uh, I guess Church of England and, you know, all those divides. And and it all stemming from that. That is really something well, else. Well, this is like what, I like, for me, why Henry VIII is an evil man low-key is because, like, so many people are going to die after this in religious wars, Protestants, <laughs> Catholics. Yeah. Mary is going to become Bloody Mary famously. We'll get to her at the end. Like, it's going to go on and on. And all because of just this man's dick and what it wanted <laughs> and needed and how horny he was. I like, that is straight up. Reality. I think he's a high key <laughs> evil man. Uh, yeah, I think if you think, I think it's like he didn't. It wasn't with the same awareness as like a high right. key evil man who's like, I'm, I'm Jeffrey Dahmer or something. We're like, mm. look, look what I'm doing right now. But in kind <laughs> of like a, in just his own entitlement and lack of awareness, mm. right? Um, because he was so horny. Like, yeah, that's all. Anything. Uh, Eh, the troubles, all of it. <laughs> the troubles in Ireland, all of it comes back to this man's dick. Right. Damn, what a dick. What a dick. So, <laughs> let's get back to his life here. It's 1536, and uh, Anne's the, you know, his queen. But I guess um, she's kind of a controversial person in the court. She's made a lot of enemies in the court of Henry VIII. Um, How, partic- what, what was it about her personality? I, I, I think she was kind of a. Um, oh, she's starting to get. Uh, so they say, uh, or, or Henry feels that she's starting to get temperamental and demanding. Right. Yeah, because it's crazy that this woman who said, "I won't have sex with you until you start an entire new church and divorce <laughs> your wife in an unprecedented act of like monarchical law," is going to be kind of pushy after they get married. <laughs> Can uh, I ask, was she? Because it must have been such a rupture with 
a breaking tradition was she accepted as the queen by the people or did they have other things to worry about like dying at age 30 of old age (laughs) return of the bubonic plague Uh, i think i think it was i think it was quite a scandal i think Mm -hmm. it was like it was a lot of drama right people because people didn't want to be a new like necessarily be this new religion that they hadn't heard of and hadn't had described (laughs) to them at all right um, I forgot to mention she she had a miscarriage and Henry <laughs> considered it a I know Henry considered it a personal betrayal so he's <laughs> he's kind of getting a bit pissed at her he's finding her to be a bit temperamental a bit demanding yeah, yeah, yeah. a bridezilla <laughs> um, so and Anne is she's making a lot of enemies in the court particularly that Thomas Crom- Cromwell guy we mentioned mm. so Cromwell and Cranmer. <laughs> Attorneys up. at law. Yeah, that would sounds like a, yeah. a uh, hour long drama. Cromwell and Crom- Cromwell and Cromner. I sort of like imagining them as those two old Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> what were they called? Statler and Waldorf. Statler and Waldorf. Cromwell and Cramner. C and C come up with a reason <laughs> of how they can annul this wedding to Anne. So, like now, because yeah, so like they're going to annul another wedding. Yeah. These guys love to annul. <laughs> but they also want to annul the wedding, but they want to do it in a way that it doesn't mean Henry has to go back with old Catherine. <laughs> right. He wants, yeah. you know, a new lady. <laughs> that old bat. <laughs> <laughs> um, luckily, Catherine was like, oh, don't worry, guys. I got it. And she died of natural causes. So they didn't even have to worry about that. Girl boss. Uh, <laughs> hashtag girl boss. Every, every woman in this story is a hashtag girl boss. <laughs> Uh, Anne has yet another miscarriage as all this is happening. I mean, that was the move back then. Uh, so Cranmer and Cromwell basically accuse Anne Boleyn of witchcraft, conspiracy, and adultery, and they have her <laughs> the <big three>. executed. <laughs> yeah, she had oh. her head cut off, right? Yes, and it's <clears throat> she was one of like usually when you got your head cut off, it was in like a public square, but in a way that England's very proud of. <laughs> Uh, we learned when we were there at the Tower of London, there's like, they have like the space where she like, and the block where she was executed. And they were like, what's really cool about England and the monarchy is that she was allowed to be executed in front of only a hundred people in this kind of private area. Wow. And you're like, that's not great though. Like it's, still, it's like when a radio station, a teen. what are you, why are you <laughs> it's like when a radio station gives away like a hundred tickets for an intimate concert yeah. by like, you know, uh, Beyonce or something well, like that. It's good and interactive on much yeah. music. My, yeah. my friend, and Rory saw the tea party uh, <laughs> doing that. This so was very I similar get it. to that. Yeah. yeah. This so was a lot like a tea party concert. I, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and they didn't exile her. They killed her and put her on trial as a witch. Yeah, they sort of they sort of said you're 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 slutty and probably a witch, and we should do this. Well, this is the only choice we have. Um, and they and then yeah, and those executions were <laughs> always went badly. Mm. I know it seems it's bullshit. I there's a lot of stories about the ghost of Anne Boleyn haunting uh, yeah. that, right? Yeah. And I think we should just remember and I did I guess they did make a movie about this, so I shouldn't point it out, but remember when he was like previously horny for her sister, the other lady in waiting and she's kind of just still at court, I guess. <laughs> like just being like, yeah. "Oh, Okay. <laughs> Sorry about your sister, eh? Yeah, that sucks, eh? Well, if you uh, if you think all that's a bit insensitive, um, so Anne Boleyn was uh, executed on May eighth, fifteen thirty six. On May 9th, fifteen thirty six, Henry announced a new engagement. <laughs> 
to a 28-year-old woman named Jane Seymour. She's hey. the only outlier in the Anne Catherine pattern. Yeah. Nice. And, and get this. Uh, remember how Anne had been Catherine's lady-in-waiting? Well, uh, Seymour was Anne's lady-in-waiting. It's like a... It's like a guy who keeps dating his like <laughs> secretaries or something. She but. must have been so jazzed for this uh, to happen yeah. right after her uh, former boss had been beheaded. <laughs> By the yeah. way, is it weird that Jane Seymour is also the name of the woman who plays Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? I don't think it's weird. I think it's beautiful and natural. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, I wonder if her parents like thought about like, that when uh, they named her. It'd be so cool to name her after a... Lady in waiting <laughs> was briefly married as a teen before dying uh, to <laughs> King Henry VIII. Well, uh, in 1537, it finally happened, and uh, Jane and Henry got it on and had a son. Yeah, they did. Congrats! Yes, uh, which proves the famous old English saying that Catherine and Anne's are whores who can only make girls. And that's why you <laughs> got to get with the Jane. That's, that's what they say. Um, they had the future King Edward VI, but uh, sadly, Jane died of an infection. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Got, got rid of that one easy. Everybody, I mean, if this is the <laughs> royal family constantly having stillbirths and dying of infections, what the hell was it like for <laughs> the rest everybody of- else? <laughs> I think, famously, so bad, James. Yeah, <laughs> or were they also like a heartier peasant stock because these were all inbred people whose uh, bones and blood were all fucked up? That's <laughs> yeah, not a bad theory. <laughs> um, no, you're probably right because no, I don't know I, anything. I don't know, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Mike, Mike has this theory. Maybe it was wonderful for them in the epic of school life. Maybe being a peasant in 1535 was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's ideal. The funny part of knowing about all this, all this sex he's doing and all this stuff, even among the royal classes, let alone the peasants, and it's my favorite thing to point out of history of this at this time, is that everyone just fucking stank. Like there was no <laughs> like like plumbing in, in London would come famously late. Like there's just fucking shit in the streets. No one knows how to bathe. People are brushing their teeth with honey for some reason, yeah. so all their teeth are falling out. Everyone has lice. <laughs> Everyone is fucking disgusting at so this time. When Henry announces, like, good news, like, proclamation, I'm engaged. He's like, there's stink lines coming off yeah, of him. Fully, He's like, it's fully stink line city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we learned in Ireland at this castle tour that they would um, <laughs> hang their clothes over uh, the toilet. <laughs> because <laughs> because the ammonia from the poo would like kill some of the bacteria they or whatever. they didn't even know there was bacteria. It would but, kill the lice in their clothes. Yeah, it would kill the little bugs on their clothes. Now, when people think of Ireland in general, uh, they think of a few things. They think of a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. They think yeah. of a a pint of Guinness and uh, maybe a harp. They don't usually think of clothes hanging over the toilet. <laughs> No, it's true. It, they don't. You don't see that on the postcards. But it, it, hey, you know, I've tr- I'm, I'm thinking of trying it. Welcome to Ireland. Where will you be hanging your clothes tonight? Yeah, over, over the, the toilet, toilet perhaps. If you hope. Well, if you want to do it like a true Irishman, you'll hang them over the toilet. If you kiss the Blarney Stone. You hang your clothes over the toilet. <laughs> it's the only way to get rid of the fleas. Uh, so, um, 
Okay, remember how um, with Catherine of Aragon... <laughs> Mike loved that detail. <laughs> Mike's going to be thinking about this poo, poo clothes. Mike is literally clutching his starched little collar, <laughs> laughing hysterically about the idea of hanging his clothes over a poo toilet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, stinkier the better. <laughs> oh, the clothes are <laughs> going to be quite clean tomorrow, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, why don't we serve them uh, <laughs> chili for dinner? <laughs> really help the clothes, the laundry. Do not go in there unless your clothes are dirty, of course. <laughs> okay, so everyone's poo stinky. Carry on. <laughs> um, so remember um, how uh, with, with his first child, Mary, from Catherine of Aragon, he made her illegitimate after he left her mom? Mm-hmm. Did the same ass thing with his child with Anne Boleyn, no. Elizabeth. He made her illegitimate and kind of kicked her out. That's really mean. You kill, Bad he kills your mother and says, get lost to you? Well, yeah, because yeah. nothing says, um, I'm sorry I killed your mom. Like, you're not my daughter anymore. <laughs> so that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's 1540. Henry's still at it. Um, Cromwell urges him to reach out to France to find a lady to marry. You know, um, oh, French women. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. la, la. yeah. So uh, the the French uh, royal family, I guess, uh, sent uh, some portraits over. <laughs> Is that true? Because that was in your book. No, it's like fully a Tinder situation. He gets five portraits to look at and points to the one he likes the best. <laughs> they did things better back. Five then. stinking portraits. <laughs> <laughs> five reeking stink line portraits painted in human shit. <laughs> <laughs> As was the custom of the day. Uh, so Henry ends up picking 25-year-old Anne of Cleves. We're back to the ants. That's right. Um, yeah, he picked her, and apparently she looked really hot in the painting. <laughs> yeah, type. Was she doing the, the duck face? Probably, the duck? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a real Instagram face situation. <laughs> um, so Mary, filters. for Henry, it was really good politically to marry this Anne of Cleves. Uh, because it would strengthen the relationship with France and it would help solidify Protestant alliances. Mm. Unfortunately, when <laughs> Anne finally came over to meet Henry VIII, he was like, uh, what? <laughs> this isn't a babe. She didn't look like her p- painting. Flat out. What? She, no. Yeah, you gotta, uh, he got catfished. He got yeah, catfished he by a dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, he turned to the camera and went, uh, I'll go alert. Yeah. And she was like, uh, je ne parle anglais. <laughs> well, and this is another little quote. <laughs> but you can hear her through her hairy armpits. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a quote from Evany's book. It's worth mentioning that at this point, 48-year-old Henry had swelled to a 57-inch waist and was sporting a festering ulcer on his leg. 57-inch <laughs> waist. Woo. And how old was he? I feel bad when I got to 32 or 34. He was 48. Oh, boy. 57. Yeah. So he's not living healthy a healthy lifestyle. He's not nail. Yeah, whatever his kind of barrel-chested <laughs> youth was, it's kind of like a guy that stops playing rugby, and then you're like, oh, no, you should have stopped drinking beer at the same time. Um, but even though Henry wasn't into her, he... Couldn't wriggle out of the wedding for those political reasons, so he went ahead with the nuptials, but not the wedding night. 
Henry uh, complained about her droopy breasts, rude odor, and disordered body shape. Disor- he didn't even say shape. He just said she has oh. a disordered body. <laughs> and it's and it's quote in his. She's got a butt where the boobs are supposed to be. Her boobs are down like She's here. a fucking Picasso. <laughs> she yeah. smells like shit. <laughs> she stinks. This sucks. <laughs> she looks like a Mr. Men drawing <laughs> stink lines coming off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, so Henry said, look, I'm physically unable to consummate the wedding with this Mr. Man style confusing person. 57 inch waist festering ulcer. But yeah. <laughs> and she must have been like, but he's he's a hunk. Yeah. He's amazing. <laughs> well, actually, Anne was pretty much like, mm, yeah, okay, let's... Uh, not have this wedding because she probably didn't want to get beheaded later. <laughs> so she was like, she got to go. Oh, yeah, nice for her. But Cromwell, the France, the where match- they appreciate that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But Cromwell, the matchmaker, he got in deep shit. He got fucking beheaded. Yeah. Because you don't send your best friend a stinky uggo <laughs> on his wedding day. A stinky that's disordered what, uggo. Yeah, that's what Henry said. <laughs> Just like a ball of energy that he couldn't even comprehend. <laughs> Disordered body. How do you think Cranmer felt when Cromwell got beheaded? I bet he was sad. I think <laughs> he was probably sad. I feel like they were friends. You think they were buds and he was like, oh I man. Kind of imagine. I mean, I get, maybe they were probably Cheech rivals to my too, chong. <laughs> yeah. CNC Music Factory just became C Music. Music factory. See music. Oh, um. You know that was a so-so <laughs> joke, but you delivered it so well. I guess it pulled. Out, it pulled out. I liked um, it. So that marriage was annulled in 1540. I'm so sorry to hear. Yeah, <laughs> and this is unbelievable. 1542, Henry married Anne of Cleves, lady in waiting, <laughs> whose this name was guy Catherine Howard. Catherine Howard. This is so his move. Reminds me of Bryce Dallas Howard, but probably not. Probably not similar. Okay. If I was Henry's wife, and, and he was friend like friendly with my lady in waiting, I'd yeah. be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Because he's done this about ten times. I'd be like, "Hey, you know what, yeah. lady in waiting? Maybe when Henry comes, you could go somewhere." I'm gonna say as a rule, I'm also not taking on any ladies in waiting's named Anne or Catherine. Yeah. That's already his kink. Yeah, it is. He probably was <laughs> making off like, ooh, imagine I got with my wife's lady in waiting. Clearly. <laughs> and I, the idea of this clearly man on his way to the grave who's so sick and, and big and bloated, he's still trying to make an heir, <laughs> trying to have sex all the time. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Oh, he needs one. It's like Krang. I'm picturing <laughs> Krang. Um, except the brain isn't in the stomach. It's it's where the brain should be. It's in his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, So as a huge tumor, (laughs) he only was married to Catherine for eighteen months, and then he stripped her of her title as queen, accused her of treason and adultery, and chopped off her head too. You don't hear about her beheading as much as Anne Boleyn. No, I'll confess when I was writing my book, I f- straight up forgot about her. (laughs) I had written the chapter, and there were five women in it, and I went. I think there's another one. <laughs> I had to go back and look, and I was like, oh, yeah, this whole other bitch I forgot about that got beheaded after 18 months. And um, she also, apparently, she there she was accused of having an affair, but also, like, at this point, he's 47 with a 57-inch waist, or however old he is, he's 49, <laughs> and she is 
fully 16. Like she's like a teen girl and by all accounts, a pretty fun teen girl. So she's kind of like enjoying being queen, having fun. And then he's kind of instantly accusing her of having an affair and beheading her. And then apparently King Francis, who had sent over uh, Anne of Cleves, uh, wrote him and and regretted that she was so lewd and naughty. (laughs) His words. (laughs) God. After they beheaded her. Well, that's Ah. gross. Um, yeah, well, that, that wouldn't be acceptable today. No, Mike, you're <laughs> Thanks, right. Mike, you're right. You're absolutely right. Standing up for women everywhere, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so one year later, 1543, Henry marries his sixth and final wife, wife Catherine Parr. That's the fourth Catherine. Catherine, yeah, <laughs> damn. a wealthy widow and member of his daughter Mary's household. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I like that he changed it up because it's like yeah. he went he went all ladies in waiting uh, with one Jane in the mix and then he stuck with Catherine. But this one was uh, kind of a lady in waiting to his uh, recently illegitimized by him daughter. <laughs> so that's kind of a fun mix up. He's shaking it up. Um, yeah. It seemed like there wasn't a lot uh, going on there with Catherine as, as Henry's getting older. But it seems like she did one nice thing. She got Henry to reunite with his exiled daughters, Mary and Elizabeth, which put the two of them back into the line of succession after Edward, which had major ramifications uh, in history. Yeah, massive move by Catherine Parr. Uh, Their their marriage seems uh, very like... Tell me what to do, mummy, a bit, because uh, he was like his his dick's done at this point, right? Like he's yeah. like he's got he's got so much gout. He famously um at this period in his life needed uh did you say that he needed to be um like they they built a contraption uh so that he could be put on his horse and it's literally like a pulley system and several servants would have to hoist him onto his horse at this point. This big man with gout and was there a separate <laughs> yeah. pulley just for his dick? <laughs> just like, like still remembering that yeah exactly. <laughs> still remembering the days when he was this big strapping <laughs> very kind of uh, uh, jab of the hut energy at the end of his life um, and but Catherine so like sex wasn't really on the table when he married Catherine Parr but she was kind of had this kind of like school marm energy and was like actually Protestant because this whole time he'd just been kind of pretending he was Protestant while being Catholic but she was like no you should really check out some of these cool boring ideas about being Protestant <laughs> <laughs> and then convinced him in a major move to put Mary and Elizabeth back in the line of succession. And of course, this is uh, uh, like Mary, uh, Bloody Mary, as she's often called, and Elizabeth, this, like Elizabeth I, Queen Elizabeth. So these are some major broads coming up. Uh, and Mary's going to come in next and turn everything back to Catholic and kill a ton of Protestants. And then uh, Elizabeth is going to come in and kill Mary and kill a ton of Catholics. Hey. So the, the bloodshed as a wow. result of this man's horniness is going to be immediate, swift, and result in the death of li- like fat tens of thousands of people immediately, <laughs> hundreds of thousands, millions eventually. But yeah. And just to put it in context, so Henry VIII was king fifteen oh nine to fifteen forty seven. Mary the first was queen from fifteen fifty three to fifteen fifty eight. So only five years. Mm-hmm. And then Elizabeth. Was fifteen fifty eight to sixteen oh three, so quite a while. So, and she at that time would become the longest ruling monarch in the history of England. Wow! Right. Um, now a title now owned by our favorite 
shockingly dead queen, Elizabeth II. <sighs> oh, so she was the longest. Yeah. Up it, to yeah, and actually, and Victoria was the longest before Elizabeth oh, right, II. Right. So the broads really sticking out. Well, women do live longer, <laughs> and they, they <laughs> unless mean? they're married to Henry VIII. Yes. In which case, it's curtains, baby. <laughs> um. So here we are at the end. It's 1547. Oh God. Uh, Henry is <laughs> get a hold of yourself, Michael. Riddled with gout. <laughs> He's covered in sores. How's the dick? His dick was still good. Okay. No, it was it was bad too. Oh. Uh, and he's in bed. He's fifty five, and uh, that's all, folks. He died. Fifty five. Wow. And what song? Because they played "Let's Get It Started" for they Queen play, Elizabeth. I what think song? They played "I Can't Drive 55 by <laughs> Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Although famously, and I don't know why, his last words. I would like you both to guess what his last words were. Um, How my dick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think his last words were, uh, um, well, uh, well, what are we putting me on the spot here? See ya, see you later, y'all. <laughs> I love the y'all. Yeah. Um, honestly, both of those better than his last words, which, and I don't know why, was monks, 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 <laughs> monks, 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 really? monks, monks. Three exclamation points. That's weird. Monks, yeah. monks, 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 monks. Wow. Not a phrase you hear very often or ever. <laughs> yeah. No, I've monks, never monks, heard monks. anyone say that yeah. that way. And oh, given <laughs> monks are, let's face it, they're a little boring. So it's not very often you just excitedly say monks three times. <laughs> no, and given all his kind of like his horniness that monks don't have sex, all his weird stuff with the church, but... Kind of like, are there monks in Protestantism? I don't know. I don't like, think so. Really wild thing. Is it a Beetleju- Beetlejuice kind of thing I where if you say so. monks three times, a bunch of monks appear? <laughs> Imagine they were all like sad and around his bed and then there was a mirror and like a kind of scary monk appeared in the <laughs> when no one paid attention to him. Monks? Well, um, so that's Henry VIII. Um, great uh, pick, Ebony. And I will say one more time, your book was extremely helpful so if you enjoyed re- uh, hearing that kind of funny summary of Henry VIII definitely check out What I Think Happened by Evany Rosen and you can buy it you know online Amazon wherever and I'll put the uh, the link to uh, where people can buy it in our show notes yes. that's well. so nice guys thanks um, well uh, why don't we now uh, move on to the last part of the show and check out the evilometer. Oh, and look how the evilometer is dressed up in honor of uh, Henry VIII and the the recent loss of Her Majesty the Queen. Um, I can see that the evilometer is wearing a little crown on its little Aww, head. Oh, he's so cute. And what else is it wearing, James? He's got a big scepter. Yeah. And uh, oh my gosh, the evilometer. Remember in Happy Gilmore when yeah. Happy Gilmore took like. Uh, the golf club and made it look like a wang. Yes. The, the evilometer is taking his royal scepter and he's making it look like Henry VIII's big wang. And Ebony, what else is it doing? Um, uh, well, um, because of its, uh, because of his uh, gout and festering ulcers, and kind of honor that he's just kind of, he's just kind of trailing a like a like a like a trail of like kind of sick bad poo diarrhea behind yeah. him, and he's smiling. Oh. Hey, I have while to clean that it. up, evilometer. It's pretty I disgusting. It, I, 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 yeah. I'd love to know how he rigged that up, though. That's yeah. really good. Um, who wants to go first in giving our evilometer scores out of ten? Ten is the worst. One is the least bad. Evan, why don't you do it as our guest? Yeah. Okay. Out of ten. I'm going to give him 
a 6.8. Wow. Okay. Because I think the I think the ramifications of what he did is incredibly evil mm-hmm. because it resulted in the death of honestly millions of people, mm-hmm. but I think as just a guy, he was just like kind of a shitty asshole, but not right. uh, fully actively evil in his mind. Uh, so that's why I'm gonna he didn't know what he was unleashing um, with his actions of, of starting a new church. Yeah, basically. I guess now that I'm saying this, he still did on purpose kill at least. Yes, that's three what women. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> bump it up to a seven point five. <laughs> yeah, because your point is well made. He didn't realize what was going to happen but he there. Did realize, but he did yeah. murder a lot of his wives, teens, yeah. teens as well. He did kill a lot of teen girls, much yeah, like yeah. a serial killer. So yes. let's, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna up him to a seven point five. That, right. Yeah, that's good. Uh, maybe I'll go next. Mm, yeah, I'm giving him an. 8.6. Okay. Because um, he just was a total jackass. I don't know. <laughs> he's killing all these women and do causing all this shit. And I don't know. He seems like uh, um, very unaware of his, of his uh, lucky position. You know, he just doesn't give a damn. Would you say he's suffering from um, male entitlement, James? I do. I am. <laughs> I am saying that. As uh, a actual king? <laughs> yeah, he really was. What a fucker. Uh, classic case of white privilege. This is a classic case of white privilege. Henry VIII. <laughs> he needs to do less talking and more, more listening. listening. King Henry, Henry needed to stop cutting off his wife's heads, yeah. shut up and listen to his wife's heads. Absolutely. Imagine all those heads, all those six heads, just <laughs> <laughs> jabbering cool. away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately undercut it. <laughs> Just nagging and yeah. nagging. Yeah, yeah. When are you gonna take me somewhere nice for dinner? Uh, Can't we go to France? <laughs> Michael, uh, what's your score? What's so nice of you to ask me my opinion? Uh, it's rare <laughs> that anyone wants to hear it. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is maybe a, this might be a first on Evil Men. I'm gonna match you at eight point six. Wow, that is a first. King Henry the Eighth. I think he's a bad guy for killing five of his wives, or okay, one of them died. Quick, quick Four. wife recap. Wife recap. He um, wife. Oh, oh, recap. Wife recap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, Catherine exiled, <laughs> Anne beheaded, <laughs> Jane dead of trying to bear him a child. <laughs> uh, Catherine beheaded, <laughs> Anne. Oh. Yeah, and before Catherine uh, sent away for having her body disordered. Uh, and Catherine Parr died of natural causes. So actually only beheaded two of them. I think it was three. What about what about Jane Seymour? Jane Seymour died of infection. Oh, she was infection. Oh, so was it only two? You've been infected. <laughs> uh, well, I'm starting to come around on this guy. He only okay. killed two wives. So he, yeah. ex- but so I, I would say even beheading one mm-hmm. wife is uh, makes yeah. you a bad uh, guy. Bleeding heart. Two guys, don't yeah. behead women. Yeah, don't. Listen to them. Don't behead them. And <laughs> he also he also just kept um, disowning his daughters like repeatedly. <laughs> bad dad, classic bad dad. Classic oh yeah, that was dad. really shitty. Yeah, dead yeah. Beat. Let's see. So bad dad, terrible husband, uh, and uh, bad Catholic. Hey oh, bad Catholic. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Didn't look after his health, and that's a sin. That's a sin in yep, its own way. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we, the taxpayers, pay for his medical care. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, eight points, a hard 8.6. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Excellent. I feel like I kind of got let him off easy. Yeah, it's interesting. You did. You really yeah. did. You kept being like, <laughs> he's not a bad guy, but he didn't realize. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I think the truth is like, 
having done so much research about kind of Western history and kings and other people like that, like relatively speaking, he's tragically fine. <laughs> and that's <laughs> no, kind that's of the worst thing point. about that's kind of an indictment on um, all of them. Yeah. Good point. You know, I, I feel stupid because I didn't know that Henry VIII was Queen Elizabeth's father. Yeah. But now, now I know. Well, I didn't either. It's like, um, it's such, it feels like such a jumbled mess the farther back you, you go. It's, it's pretty interesting. It's, it's, it's like, I guess, weird to hear of these historical figures and then hear them in the context of like their moms and dads and their family drama. You know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah, it was a shit show. But yeah, and yeah. All, for a lot of these reasons, and that's why, like, I, I think that's why Henry VIII is so fascinating, is because it's like all because of just like what what he felt like doing, and he was horny, and he didn't like this <laughs> wife, and he thought this wife was a bitch, and whatever is like that changed the course of history so massively. Yeah, if he was just a a good guy or like a wife guy, and he just stuck with Catherine of Aragon, and that was that. I mean, damn, that like th- we th- be completely different. I'm sure. St- Still shitty for a lot of people's story, but it's still like it's yeah. that to me is what's so like. Wait, what? Mm. I'm sorry, what? I'm scared now because the new king is also uh, like a sex addict and yeah. has a and big, so huge hot. penis. Yeah, and yeah, very hot, really hot. Yeah, really and hot. you know he's already killed one wife. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the episode, Ebony. Thank you so much for joining us. That was great. Thank you, guys. Thanks for letting me nerd out about some old dipshit. It was very interesting. Excellent. We'll put links to everything you're up to in the show notes so everyone can check you out. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Ugh, thank you, guys. So fun. So that's going to do it for another great episode of... This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 